As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live! Do it live! Breaking news from The Athletic. What's up? Welcome in. I don't think they're going to hear that on the podcast version, but that intro music we just had going live on YouTube had me like really pumped up and ready to go. (laughs) More fired up than I I even should be after all this. Great start there, Kent Garrison. I already did a 90-minute podcast, and so I was a little bit down here. Now I'm back up. The music got me going. Our producer, Kent, with us. And, uh, whoa, Johnsy. We are – there are moves being made. We are ready to react. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns already. Content up there that you should be clicking on and finding on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Chicago Bears completely disrupting Kevin Fishbane's evening with his Northwestern Wildcats, which is really unfortunate. But um, you know, we don't really feel that bad for him. You know, <laughs> don't care as a former Bears quarterback would say. <laughs> just let yeah, just let the record show. Mark Harmon was in his car on his way to that Northwestern game, turned around, came back home, fulfilled his podcast duties, and went back to the game. Kevin has been slacking me nonstop. We are actually writing a, one of those back and forth articles that we usually do to react to things like this. So he's actually doing it from his seat at the United Center. That that's incredible, considering how into those games and crazy he gets. That's a that's elite work. So make sure you're checking it out at the Athletic, theathletic.com/slash Hogan Johns. All our reaction up at allchgo.com as well. Um, okay. Well, by the way, Robert May is going to join us here in a little bit too. What your initial reaction? Just, I'm not surprised it happened by any means. I'm not surprised the team that it happened with, but DJ Moore coming in the deal was yeah, like, like, whoa, that's the that makes it such a win for the Bears, does it not? You always move up for quarterbacks. Teams move up for quarterbacks. The Panthers were a, a trade partner candidate for for a while now. There was buzz coming out of the combine that they could be it that they were looking to be aggressive. Literally on Thursday, we mocked this trade to a certain extent. 
Like people, there there was rumblings about it, and then it comes to fruition. But it's the DJ Moore throw-in, call a throw-in because Justin Fields is going to be throwing to him deep down the field. That's going to be something coming to a season near you, coming to you yeah. soon, I should say. But like that's the like that's the icing on the cake, is it not? Yeah, I, and I'd just like to clarify, you were not mocking the trade. You were, you mocked it in the sense that you would mock a mock, mock draft. Yes. You predicted the trade. Um, and yeah, my mock draft that came out this morning, John's same thing. Moved back to number nine, but I had a double trade back to uh, number 12 then after that. Um, and we, we should recap the trade because um, there's a lot going into it. But the Panthers move up. They get the number one pick. Here's what the Bears get. Overall, they move back to number nine. So they still have the number nine pick in this year's draft top 10 pick. They get two second round picks. One is this year's second round pick from Carolina, which is actually coming from the 49ers. It's at number 61. That's the pick they got in the Christian McCaffrey trade. So it's a late second round pick. They also get the Panthers second round pick in 2025. Then they also get that first round pick Ryan Bowles really wanted. 2024 you might say oh they didn't get two first round picks they didn't get that 2025 first round yeah they got dj moore in the trade an established veteran wide receiver who's already put up three seasons in his career with over 1100 yards Uh, of course the first round pick in 2018 at 24 overall uh in five years with Carolina. He already has 364 receptions, over 5,000 yards, 21 touchdowns. And yes, this past year was a little bit of a down year for him with 63 and 888, but he did have seven touchdowns and he was playing with bad quarterbacks. So he's been playing with bad quarterbacks a lot. This is a big time move. Johns, I want to lead off with a thought that somehow didn't occur to me in the 90 minutes I already did on the CHGO (laughs) emergency podcast, but we had some time in between and and I I thought back to the pod that we did back in August going into Justin Fields year two where we examined the Bills situation. We examined the Bengals situation. We examined, uh, we, we looked at the Chargers situation. And one of the things that always stood out to me was talking about Josh Allen and how they went out and got Stephon Diggs going into year three and how big of a difference that made. Now, I'm not sitting here saying DJ Moore is at Stephon Diggs level, but he's pretty good. And remember, the Bills gave up a first-round pick to get Stephon Diggs. Ryan Poles is sitting here acquiring DJ Moore along with two ones and two twos in the package. It's such a power move. It really is. <laughs> I mean, that's it, ridiculous it, when you think about it that way. It, like, is, is we can not- all sit here and hope DJ Moore has the same impact as... Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen, who knows? I mean, that's probably best case scenario, right? But just the fact that you look at the two trades that Poles is able to get two ones and two twos with DJ Moore, that's incredible. It's taking advantage or it's getting involved in the trend that you've seen around the league where you're acquiring a receiver, a proven receiver, one of the best receivers in the league to help your young quarterback. It just happened in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. You just mentioned the Bills. It helps quarterbacks take that development. Look at Tua in Miami with Tyreek Hill. It helps the quarterback's development. The Bears wanted to take advantage of this first-round pick, and they got in on this trend. I love it. Can I read you something from Joe Person, friend of the show, the Athletics writer, 
in uh, Carolina. He tweeted this about an hour ago. The Bears consider DJ Moore a must-have in this deal, a source said. Including Moore in the deal kept the Panthers from throwing another first-round pick into the package. So that's one way to look at it. So there you it. have it. Would you, if you're, would you rather have a 2025 first-round pick or 2025 second-round pick and DJ Moore? I, I'd rather have DJ Moore right now for this 2023 season. Right, because 2025 is Justin's fifth year. Like you, I, give me the advance loan. Give me, I mean, give me the guy that's going to help immediately, and you're only getting one round later in terms of draft compensation. It's a no-brainer. If you're going to try to help Justin Fields this year, the best case isn't even taking a receiver at number nine, which I know you and Fish like doing. Um, it's it's getting someone with experience. It's getting someone who's proven themselves in this league. Three 1,000-yard receiving seasons in five years in the NFL. And that quarterback play in Carolina, actually, it hasn't been great. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. I mean, these are some of the guys he has played with over the past few seasons. Derek Anderson. Come on now. Justin Fields will be different with, with D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore will be different with Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore's got to be pretty pumped up about the the quarterback situation. You know, you, you speak of 2025, 2025. DJ Moore is under contract through 2025. Yeah. Like, isn't that like the best part of the deal? He is 26 years old, top 10 receiver in this league. The Bears have him at a very team-friendly deal for this season and then the two after that, 2024, 2025. Like, that's my favorite thing about this. It's the instant help, but it's also like a long-term move. Yeah. It's not all about 2023, but you're getting help beyond that too with this one move, and then you're adding the first-round picks, the two second-rounders. I mean, it's just a, a heck of a move by Ryan Poles. It really is. Yeah, as Kyle Green just mentioned in our live comments as we're doing this live on YouTube tonight, um, said more is on Fields timeline. That's what you that that was always the one thing that didn't quite add up with well, it was the for the people arguing to trade Justin Fields, that the Bears are not the Bears are not on Justin's timeline, right? Like they're two years away from actually being able to do something with Justin Fields and then his rookie contract's over. Like and that's probably still the case for the most part. But to get a veteran wide receiver who's going into year six, and by the way, is still like I forgot he was only 25 years old. He'll be 26 this season. When I punched that in right after this trade happened, that I'm like, holy crap, he's only 25. And the details of the contract matter too, Johns. I mean, this is a this is a deal where like if for some reason, and I don't think it's gonna go sideways or things are gonna go poorly here with DJ Moore, because he's an established wide receiver, but if it did. The guaranteed money, almost all of it is in 2023. Remember, the the cap hits that come with a signing bonus don't come in the trade. The, you know, unless there's something we find out later that the Bears, you know, did something funny here with the money. But, you know, typically when these trades are made, that stays in Carolina. And the Bears are just inheriting a very reasonable contract for the next yes. three years. For a top for 10 a, receiver. For a receiver in his prime, not a 30-year-old, but a guy going into his age 26 season. The Bears receivers room just looks and feels different now, doesn't it? Yes. You add a guy of this caliber, 
of this talent. A proven player in this league. Darnell Mooney doesn't have to be your number one. Chase Claypool doesn't have to be your number one or try to be your number one. Equinemia St. Brown could be that role player. Valus Jones Jr. could be that role player. But those are five. Like Together, those five make a pretty good receiver's room. You have a blend yeah. of different talents, different speeds, different abilities in the field. Teams want that. The receiver's room, once considered a weakness not too long ago, looks vastly different, does it not? It, it and that's remember we talked about this last week when we went on when we did the crossover pod with Robert and Nate, which was, you know, you add one more wide receiver to the room, and that's kind of all it takes to make the whole thing look a lot different. Yeah, yeah. So, and speaking of that, here he is, Robert Mays, jumping on with us. Quite Gentlemen. a night there. How about this? As I said earlier, uh, what's one night of podcasting when you're going to live forever? Yeah, that's how I feel right now. So I'm happy to just keep doing this. However many shows we got, I'll hop on all of them. It's good yeah, to see Robert, you both. Yeah, he already knocked out his uh, the athletic football show tonight. So I'm sure that's one that all Bears fans, all listeners of this show are going to want to go check out. Um, I said this on our show. I'm losing track of days already. Was that yesterday, Johns? I'm like, I feel like I've had too much Robert in my <laughs> head this week. I've listened to everything you guys have done this week leading up to free agency. And I'm just like, he I feel like he's yesterday. Just, yeah. He's just, you're like, your voice is just in my head. I don't know if that's a good that or sounds bad thing. horrible. But, I feel yeah. very bad for you. I, I'm, I apologize for that, but hopefully it's been decent. No, the content's been great. And I'm sure everyone will want to check out tonight's trade uh, uh, recap show. Just, well, I'll just give you the floor right now. I mean, what was your big takeaway from, an incredible haul that, that Ryan Poles ended up getting and the, even the timing of the trade, it only being March 10th. We talked about it last week and the benefits of doing it now and knowing what you have as you try to make moves in free agency. And the thought behind that was if you get a couple extra picks, can you swap one of those picks for a veteran receiver? Can you eat up some of that cap space? They got ahead of that. They just decided to include the veteran receiver in the deal. So I think there's a huge value in that. And Listen, you know the, the price we threw out on our show last week, I think, was a second rounder this year and first in 2024 and 2025. That's mostly what they got. They got a second rounder this year, first in 2024. And if you combine DJ Moore and the second in 2025, it's about that price tag. It's about what the Niners paid to move up nine spots a couple of years ago. It's the market for it. And I think it solves a problem now and it solves problems in the future. You have a number one receiver to pair with Justin Fields. You get information about him. You leave no doubt, but if you get to the end of the season and he's not your guy, you potentially have a pivot point with that extra first. So I think it checks all the boxes that you want to. It's really impressive how Ryan Poles handled all this. We were just at the combine. You heard all the smoke screens. You heard Chris Ballard saying, we could get our guy at number four. What's wrong with that? You heard Nick Casario saying, you know, we, we, it's not just the quarterback. It's, it's, it's the whole team. Ryan Poles knew how teams operate. He, like his team traded up for Patrick Mahomes. Like he, I, I feel like he played the desperation of this position, the desperation for quarterback. How, how teams are just so determined to find their guy. I think he played his hand so well coming out of the combine. This is why having the number one pick is incredibly important. When you there is a draft with quarterbacks, having that pick when you don't need a quarterback right now. We'll see if they need one in the future. You control the offseason. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, this is about as good of an outcome as you could possibly hope for. And 
when you have all these resources, it's just about having flexibility. It's about understanding. If we have $100 million in cap space, how can we use it? If we have the number one pick, what can we turn that into? And I think that, again, he's checked every box that you want to through this process, this singular offseason. And he can still move back again on yes, draft night. Right? Like, I, that, that's very much in play. I've been making this point a lot this week that usually when you have, like, uh, one of these drafts where you have four, quote-unquote, coveted quarterbacks, one falls. We saw it the Justin Fields year. And if one of those guys falls a little bit and is still on the board, they're on number nine, you could move back again and still... Because I, I think the only thing that's still not necessarily unresolved, but still not the greatest is that you you still have a big gap between number nine and 53 in terms of the draft capital that you mm-hmm. have. So you have four picks in the top 64, which is great, but three of them are from 53 to 64. So if you could close that gap a little bit, that would still be ideal. But adding DJ Moore into this equation, just it, it as we were just talking about before you came on, it sort of gets the team closer on the same timeline as Justin Fields, where you can r- really evaluate this thing better than you, obviously you did this past season. There's a world where you can remake the entire offense in one single offseason now. Because if you use some of the free agent money to go sign a starter at, at tackle or guard, if you use that first-round pick to pick an offensive lineman, we've seen teams remake their offensive line in a single year. The Chiefs did it after losing in the Super Bowl. The Chargers did it a couple of years ago. It's possible, and they still have the assets to do that. And now you have a ready-made receiver room. I mean, the offense can get there to the point where you can evaluate Justin Fields properly. And I think that always had to be the goal, the same way the Eagles did last year, the same way the Dolphins tried to do last year. Okay. We have this quarterback on a rookie quarterback deal. How can we wield the assets that we have to build enough around him where we leave no doubt by the end of the season? Both Miami and Philly did that, and I think the Bears are in a really similar spot right now. You had Mike McGlinchey. You signed Bobby Okereke. You bring in Draymond Jones. The, the, this contract for DJ Moore doesn't prohibit you from doing anything. You can still address all your major needs, and then this is in free agency. Spend as much as you see fit really because there are there's gonna be some competition for those players but then you go into the draft and everything's on the board like you could seriously address your offensive defensive lines I was just looking at the the draft order you know now like the the Titans are in striking distance of, of moving up to nine if they want you know for for a quarterback you know that Justin Fields scenario like everything now just feels on the board now that number one wide receiver is kind of crossed off your your to-do to-do list for this year I just think that there are so few avenues to find difference-making receivers now. You know, there's a reason that Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster are at the top of the free agent pool. There's a reason that we saw three receivers drafted, I believe, in the top 10 last year. That's going to continue to happen. These guys are going to get pushed up the draft. They're going to get squeezed out of the free agent market because they're never going to hit it in the same way that left tackles don't. So coming away with that guy when there's so few ways to find them now... I think it's kind of an inspired decision by, by Ryan Poles because there aren't that many options. So if you're looking at where they were this morning versus where they are now, uh, it's hard to argue with this path being the one that they chose. Yeah, I, Robert, I hear you guys talking a lot on your show just about process and like what's good process, what's bad process, regardless of the outcome, just like the way and, and the business of football is always changing. We're always learning things from other situations, but just what's your takeaway from how, and I think even adding Claypool needs to be part of that discussion, but just how this has been handled in an environment that we have known now for 
a while is not a great draft class for receivers. It's not a great free agent class for receivers. Like this is something that polls even talked about back when they added Claypool. He openly admitted that it's like this part of the reason why we jumped on this. Now you can still have a problem with that trade specifically perhaps, but just what do you think about the overall process and how this has been handled really the, the last six months with the, a young general manager? My biggest problem with the Claypool trade was an opportunity cost thing. It's that, okay, if you trade the 33rd overall pick for Chase Claypool, it's not that, well, there won't be a receiver as good as Chase Claypool at 33 or there isn't a receiver available in free agency. My argument was always the 33rd pick can be a veteran. It can be whatever this year's version of Amari Cooper is. And they did that. They did that. They did that with the DJ Moore thing. So my biggest problem with the Chase Claypool trade, they've kind of erased. So I understand how they got there. I was just a little bit concerned that that 33rd pick could be more valuable than Chase Claypool, but it was mostly because I wanted them to go seek out a veteran receiver and they found one. So I think other than the Claypool trade, it's been pretty hard to argue with the process that they've followed. You know, they traded down consistently in last year's draft. They have an extra fifth round pick because they traded down with the Patriots last year. I think they traded down for a bunch of different offensive linemen last year. I don't know if Braxton Jones was one of those guys, but they had a lot of dice rolls at that spot to kind of remake it. They have the extra fourth in the Robert Quinn trade. I just think that the way they've gone about this, I think you can make an argument for all of the moves that they've made. And overall, I think it's been a pretty solid approach. What do you guys think Jim Irsay is doing right now? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. I mean, I, I assume trying to talk himself into Lamar Jackson if they don't think that, that the quarterback thing is going to fall their way. They have to come away with a guy. And whether it's Anthony Richardson by moving up to three, if you feel like somebody's going to jump you, or Lamar Jackson here, I mean, they're definitely the losers in all of this, the Colts are, because they were in a pretty good spot and they decided not to pull the trigger. Carolina did, and now they're left to play with the consequences. And we always targeted those two teams, the two the two desperate owners that just have had enough. They need a quarterback. Um, not to turn this into a Colts thing, but like, what's the, yeah, what's the downside of throwing out an offer to Lamar Jackson at this point on, on Wednesday when you can. I mean, I would do it. They're a team that I think is in the best possible spot because one of the arguments against it is that you don't want to ruffle any feathers with your current starting quarterback. Matt Ryan's not going to be there. I assume that they there's a no starting one. quarterback that <laughs> yeah. they have to worry about ruffling feathers. I think you're the starting quarterback there. And, and, that, and that's part of it. You know, That's been one of the arguments against it. And then one of the other arguments is that, okay, if you sign him to that offer sheet before free agency starts then you have to put your free agency plans on hold. They can wait. You know, They can go out and you know, play in free agency with the Lamar Jackson thing in the back of their minds. I don't think they're going to be huge spenders this year anyway. Wait till free agency dies down and then do it a week from now. So I, I don't think there's a ton of downside for them specifically based on where they are as a team and with no other starting quarterback in place. Like my, my thought on that is they weren't... Like the Panthers are obviously completely in love with somebody. I don't know if the Colts were, or maybe the Bears' price was too much because the the Bears had the the Panthers deal and they were trying to strike a hard bargain with with Chris Ballard. I, I don't think Ryan Poles was going to do his old colleague any favors for that. So, go ahead. I wonder if the Moore thing was we'll put it over the top. If yeah. they said, "All right, we'd rather have DJ Moore as part of this, and you guys don't have a receiver that we feel like is in that same class, or they wouldn't include Michael Pittman in a deal, whatever." Because I do think that the DJ Moore thing makes this a different sort of ball game. Because again, there's just so few avenues to acquire a player like that. The Bears' biggest advantage in all this, outside of having the number one overall pick, was having a hundred million dollars in cap space. You can't spend a hundred million dollars in cap space on free agents. You shouldn't do it. 
So at a certain point, trying to weaponize some of that to go get a veteran, most likely at receiver, was always going to be part of the smartest avenue that they could follow. And so I think that having DJ Moore probably gave the Panthers a little bit of an advantage. He was better than everybody on the free agent market. By far. And that contract is a bargain. Yes. I mean, you... It's three years, 52 million, whatever that ends up being. There's no dead money left on the deal. I said this on our show. It reminds me of the trade for Stefan Dix, where he's okay. already signed to an extension and you he's under market. You don't have to worry about paying him on top of the trade. That's where these can get out of hand. If you're trading for somebody and you've got to give a market setting extension, then you're committing twice the assets. But having him already under contract, I think, is a huge win. Yeah, I, I brought the digs thing up right at the top of the show because and it wasn't even in that context. It was just, you know, year three for Josh Allen. That was the big move they made to help him. You give up a first round pick for him. Poles got DJ Moore with two ones and two twos. I, I mean, it's just crazy to think about it that way because it I don't know that DJ Moore is quite to Stefan Diggs level, but it's the same idea that adding a dependable veteran wideout who's obviously really good in onto the field could make such a huge difference for a young quarterback trying to make those leaps. He's probably the best receiver who would theoretically be available this offseason. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is 30. I think he wants a new deal. There are concerns about dropping DeAndre Hopkins, just the element of their locker room. And you have a young locker room. Do you want that? He's somebody that I think has been a little bit of a you know, a wild card at times during his career. DJ Moore is 25, he's cost-controlled, and he was probably the most talented guy that you could get in here. Who do you think the the Panthers want at one? We were talking about it on our show. Dane seems to think it's CJ Stroud. And I get that because I think that, you know, he fits, checks a lot of boxes, you know, prototype size, whatever, and the floor is high. He is somebody that we can build around this guy. We know what he is going to be. So I think you talk yourself into that. He's shown some flashes with the athleticism in that Georgia game where you think maybe the ceiling's a little bit higher than it might seem at first glance. So that seems to be the one that would make sense to me. But I could also understand looking at Richardson and just saying, we're taking a home run swing here. Yeah, especially if he's being compared to to Cam Newton and you got those Carolina connections almost immediately. Yeah, and and I think that sometimes when you're spending this on a quarterback and you're thinking, all right, this is our one shot. Do you try to swing for the fences in that way? But I also understand Stroud just being somebody that we know day one we can build around this guy. And that being the selling point for Frank Reich, for that staff, and for David Tepper. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating to think about this from the Carolina perspective. Because meanwhile, you just made your wide receiver room worse, considerably worse, while drafting a rookie quarterback who we all know, guys. These guys play. I mean, they just do... You could say whatever you want, whenever they draft, whoever they draft, and I tend to think it'll be Stroud too. But um, I mean, the idea of throwing Anthony Richardson, who clearly needs more experience, out there with that current wide receiver group, and I'm sure they'll do something to supplement it. But that's a scary thought to me. They'll have some money, you know. They have a couple other moves that they can make. They have like twenty million dollars in cap space as it stands. They have like thirty-eight million dollars in dead money on their cap. Because of the Robbie Anderson deal, the Christian McCaffrey trade, DJ Moore has a good chunk of it. I mean, they're in a kind of a weird spot, but they still have a decent amount of cap space. They can move on from Shaq Thompson and clear, I think, double digit eight eight figures more. So if they want to go sign a free agent wide receiver or use the 39th pick, which they still have on one, that's an option. But absolutely, you know, one of the reasons that I thought Carolina was such an interesting 
landing spot for quarterbacks is that the line is set and good. They brought their line coach back. You had DJ Moore there already. Now you take the DJ Moore piece out. It's a little bit more of a question mark about how hospitable those in that environment in Carolina looks without him. My new favorite thing about this trade, Adam Hogue, is that now at number nine, I can continue to mock Peter Skronsky and Lucas Van Ness to the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> You're Chicago guys. <laughs> the Chicago ties. <laughs> Why? Uh, and who, who did Dane mention at number nine, Robert? That's what I was he trying ta- to get He to. was talking about Skronsky. So he you was like talking about Skronsky all? and then some of the other guys. So. Van Ness. Skronsky's like a Maine South guy, but as a as a proud Barrington football alumni, yeah, that's what I, uh, I was getting at. <laughs> I, I I do have to support the Lucas Van Ness, Van Ness pick when possible. He was he's a little bit more accomplished than I am. Uh, graduated fifteen <laughs> years earlier, but just a little bit more. Well, and plus Maine South forfeited their all their wins from last season yesterday because yeah, of uh, <laughs> violations. So I don't I don't know if that hurts uh, Skronsky's draft stock or not. No, I look both of those guys make a lot of sense. I think there's a lot of guys. I, let me throw this one at you. Would this move preclude you from drafting Jackson Smith and Jigba? Maybe not, but I think it's harder to justify just yeah. because you've got those three spots filled. I mean, if you think he's like a true difference-making player, then maybe you take a swing on it because those two guys, Mooney and Claypool, I believe, are both hitting free agency next spring. But I think it makes receiver less of a priority. You know, you have bigger holes now at tackle, at pass rusher. There are a bunch of premium positions that they still need help at. So I, I think it's easier to talk yourself into those now that you have DJ Moore in place. It, it lets you really focus your energy on the offensive and defensive lines. Yes. Which yeah. are major concerns, which require investment in free agency. It's like signing a Mike McGlinchey and then still drafting a guy maybe to play guard in the second round because you know what? They should maybe try to target two, three new starters this off season, this off season. And we talked about the defensive line guys. They need four new starters. So no matter who they sign a free agency, now you can look at Ven Ness or you can move back a little bit. You have different options with DJ Moore on your roster and under contract for the next three years. They got a long way to go to build this roster. I mean, they're starting from ground zero for the most part. But I think that getting the offense to a place where you feel like it's good enough that you can evaluate the quarterback that had to be the number one priority this offseason and i think they are much much closer to that now uh two quick questions actually right and we'll let you go robert but um does does this make you feel like ryan poles will be any more or less aggressive next week in free agency or does it do nothing it's just a good smart acquisition of a veteran player I don't think it really changes the way that I was thinking about it. I was always hoping they would do this. I was always hoping that part of the plan would be to trade for a veteran player at one of these positions of need because you're just not going to get the same type of talent in free agency that you would trading for a DJ Moore or Ryan Jensen was a name that we mentioned. Guys who might not be available, but can we make sure that we're getting better players than typically hit the free agent market because we have the cap space to absorb some of these deals? And they already did that. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't, we haven't really seen them approach free agency yet because they had no money last year. You know, the only real big move they tried to make was the Larry Ogunjobi signing. And so do they try to go back to that? Well, is a guy like Javon Hargrave in play? Do they try to use the money to sign four or five starters in the way that the Bengals did a couple of years ago when they remade their defense? It's hard to know. I think that this is a sign that they know 
where they should be shopping for these sorts of guys. It makes me more bullish on the strategy just because I think this is one more great move that we've seen from Ryan Poles. And then the last thing I had was just, what's it like seeing your football team be the team that's you know, adding veterans in a smart way and adding draft capital at the same time and not being the team like the Panthers that's getting desperate and having to give up a lot to, to move up a lot? Who knows how this is going to work out? Who knows? But I think that if you consistently approach this stuff from a position of strength and just with a level of rationality, it ultimately is going to turn out well for you. And if you look at the way the last regime operated, how many trades up did we see? You know, an extra second to go get Anthony Miller, an extra third to go get David Montgomery. That doesn't work out in the long run. I mean, trying to add as many assets as you can, being patient, being smart, taking advantage of teams that have a sense of urgency that you don't. I think that ultimately wins out. And I think that's what you've seen throughout this entire process. And again, it's hard to be more excited about the position they're in right now compared to where they were this morning. Robert, thanks. Go pour yourself a drink if you haven't yet. I am very excited to just be, I, but the adrenaline is insane. I could flip over a car right now, and this thing happened like four and a half hours Actually, ago. Let, so. Let's go record that. And let's, let's yeah, I was going to say, I want to see that. <laughs> I, uh, I sincerely appreciate you guys having me. Uh, enjoy your night, and I'm sure the work is just getting started for you. So appreciate it, boys. Absolutely. Make sure you're following on Twitter at Robert Mays, listening to the Athletic Football Show. Tonight's a must listen. Thanks so much, Robert. See you guys. Thanks, All right, Robert Mays jumping on with us there. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. He's very happy. Yes, I, 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 I like to too. think, I, I like what he said there, and I, I definitely agree. I like to think that adding a receiver, see someone's got their drink poured, Adding a receiver. We went old fashioned between the two pots. Wow, I'm just drinking a you can had to. Of Coke here. You got it right after this. I like to think, let me get this thought out before I forget it, that 
adding a receiver of this caliber was always on the table. Like in any scenario that the Bears wanted to like simulate at Hallisall or discuss thoroughly, like we got to find ourselves a better receiver, better proven veteran option for Justin Fields. Someone who's not in the draft, someone we don't have to develop right away, someone who's already developed, somebody who's already proven himself to, to play at a Pro Bowl level. And they executed it, which is kind of crazy to think about the Bears every now and then, but successfully yeah. executed and pulled it off. Well, and I can see why going back to what um, Robert was saying about the insistence, it sounds like, based on a couple different reports, including what Joe Person reported, that the Bears wanted DJ Moore. I get it because... Even in the mock draft situation where they draft Jackson Smith and Jigba, who has a connection to Fields, and theoretically, you know, you could maybe get a little bit more, squeeze a little bit more juice out of a rookie wide receiver there because of their relationship and maybe some existing chemistry. They played together for one year, uh, wasn't a ton of production, but they were there together. They're still rookie wide receiver. Rookie wide receivers take, take a bit. You know, they just do. And so that goes back to the timeline. And how do you quickly give Justin Fields help? So let's say the Colts and Panthers virtually had uh, I- identical deals on the table. Maybe one's two, you know, those two, uh, the 2025 first round pick. Maybe even the Colts are throwing in their early second, which would have been great. Well, if all things being equal, you're going to take the Colts deal then because you still, they have the higher pick. You're going to go back to number four instead of number nine. But if one of those two teams has the veteran that's not out there right now, that can't help your quarterback immediately, then I could see why Poles was sitting there going, no, that's the one we want. And if you don't give us this, then we're just going to take the other teams, whatever the other team was. We don't necessarily know at this point if, if, if there was a Colts. But there had to be a bidding war here for, for Poles to get what he got. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I, like I understand the idea of reuniting college teammates. We, we saw it just play out. It's still playing out wonderfully for the, the Cincinnati Bengals, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. But I feel like they're just the, like that's such an exception to how things kind of operate. Is it not? It is. And also we're talking about the number one overall pick and the number five overall pick was Chase number five. He was top five. He was top uh, five. Um, it may have been, well, I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Regardless, but Jamar Chase was like a no-brainer top ten pick. Also, this they is played, not the they, same case. They played more together too in college. Like they were, they yeah, were outstanding together. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely, it's definitely a little different. Yeah. But, so, uh, but I, 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 but I get it. I get the idea. But the the trend of adding the veteran receiver and pairing him with a young quarterback to speed up that development, to giving him an answer when things are tough. I like that route much better than forcing college teammates back together. I, I just do. Yeah. It's it's more proven out. It's successful. Like in almost every single city, it's happened. Yeah, it goes back to the process and the comps. And, you know, Diggs is obviously a, a great player. And I don't know if it's going to reach that level. But it's, you know, it's a good comp. It's It really is for what the Bears did. I am curious, though, as... I see that Northwestern is tied in overtime right now. It has has Kevin Fishbane's he's response. Been quiet. Yeah, I was gonna he's, say the response is quiet. still flowing on Slack or have <laughs> no. I actually think the response is on me, but 
lucky for him, I'm not. I'm not replying. I'm. I'm talking to you. Maybe I could. Yeah. Transcribe so the, what I've what I've said here and just put it into the story. But no, he has been quiet. Okay, I just want to make sure. And good for him. Come on, cats, pull this one out. Yeah. I was actually really looking forward to watching this game tonight, and I've watched zero seconds of it. That's okay. Um. Well, here's a question for you. I got a question for you. Yeah. What's the next move in free agency? What do you do? Who are you targeting first? Like, who's the? T- you got your number one wide receiver. Cross that yeah. off. Who's your top target right now? I think I go out and I sign Draymond Jones. Um, Going back to the three technique. I think it's such an important position. We know that. The Bears need that. Um, if we're going to have to, it, I'm, I'm saying as a general manager right now, if, if, if we're going to have to pay a lot of money for something, then I want to do it in the same way I just did it with DJ Moore, right? Age... you don't want to put yourself in a huge risk factor, right? So I, if I have the opportunity to sign a player who is still on the younger side, which Draymond Jones is, is still ascending as a player, which I believe he is. Those are the guys I'm willing to overpay. And I'm going to straight up call it overpay because that's what you're doing on day one of free agency. You always do that in free agency. You're overpaying. So it's like, which, what are the few instances where I can accept the fact that I'm overpaying? And just come to terms with it. And it, and you can then argue that maybe it's not the best process, but I still feel like that solves one of your problems right away. You feel good about it, and it doesn't necessarily stop you from drafting a really good three technique if one falls to you in the second round. Kalijah Kansi? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be there at 53. But maybe Adetamoa, Adabore is. Maybe Keanu Benton, maybe uh, the Carl Brooks from Bowling Green, who I like. I mean, there's there's other options that you can get later, but I don't want to leave it all up to draft day. I want to solve that problem, um, and I would also go out and get a right tackle. I think Mike McGlinchey or Caleb McGarry. If I had to the rank him, I would with, go. Sorry, I just don't know if you if you spend big money on a right tackle though. I just that to me that makes it harder to draft Skronsky. You put him at left guard. Well, that's what you're doing right away. And now you're saying I'm drafting a guard at number nine. <laughs> Who cares? Quentin Nelson, didn't you have a, a like a, quite the infatuation with him at number six? What was he? Six I overall? did, but I, I don't... Look, as much as I like Skaronsky, we, we don't have the tape of him running over dudes the way that um, Quentin Nelson was doing at Notre Dame as a guard. So... I do feel like it's a very high floor at guard, but it's still a projection. That's why I felt so great about Nelson that year, and I think he's lived up to it. So the Bears, they wanted to draw a line for themselves in moving back, right? So obviously top 10, 9, 11 maybe, settled at 9. Who are their blue players? We're talking about the Bears grading scale. Blue players are the ones that they value the highest have the best grades. Yeah. I know there was a report out there. I forget it was Peter King or someone that suggested that there are seven players that Ryan Poles may like there. Let's take out the quarterbacks. Right. Who who would you put amongst those seven blue players? So I would assume Will Anderson's got to be one of them. Um, I would assume that until... Well, Writing these down. We, 
Yeah, I don't know if we can assume this for sure, but I would think until the information we got on Jalen Carter last week, Carter's tape at least was in the blue zone. I don't know what the overall evaluation was. That one's a little tricky. I agree. But I, but I think that could still be in play at number nine, depending hey, I was on how that say all plays that. out. Yeah. Before we get to the other players, taking a risk at one with the Jalen Carter feels different than selecting him at nine. Yes, especially after you added all his draft capital and got DJ Moore. Correct. Yes, now you, now you can feel better about that. So, 100%. I, I would put Carter on that list still with an asterisk because you got to vet that obviously out. Um, now it's from this point on, it's a, it's a guessing game. Now I'm just sort of giving you my blue guys, but like Skaronsky's one of them. Tyree Wilson. I think Tyree Wilson's one of them. I think, I think Lucas Van Ness. I do too. Is one of them. Cause again, that goes back to which way is the arrow pointing and Lucas Van Ness's arrow is. Did you see up. that guy run the 40-yard dash? I know like 40-yard dashes aren't yeah. really anything for handing the dirt defensive lineman, but man, was he chugging along. Yeah, but it's it's pay yeah, it's pay attention to the extremes, right? So someone could dismiss Adabore uh Adatamo Adabore running sub four or five because oh he's a three technique. Who cares? Well, because he's a the first, literally the first ever defensive lineman to do that in the history of the combine. Like when GMs say pay attention to the outliers, that's your definition of an outlier. That's a, oh, wait a minute. What's going on there? We got to pay attention to that. Let's go so back I, to the tape. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would put Lucas Van Ness in that category too. Can I give you two, my two names to, fit, to round out the seven? See if you agree. Cause we're at five players right now. Sure. And I agree. And I agree with you on every single one of them. Okay. Christian Gonzalez. The corner? The corner? Yeah. No? Maybe. And then Paris Johnson Jr. Okay, Paris Johnson was the other one I was going to give you. Yeah, I got to do more work on Christian Gonzalez. I've heard a lot of great things. I know Dane likes them, listening to what Dane has said about Christian Gonzalez. I, I just haven't really gotten there with the corners yet. Um, But that's a I premium think, position. So you got you have a different seventh? Not necessarily. Um... So all the guys we've given you, though, are either edge guys, tackles, corners, or we gave you one three technique in Jalen Carter, which I think is a specific... That's uh, a premium position in the Bears books. For the Bears. All right, let me list them all. We got Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Peter Skronsky, Tyree Wilson, Lucas Van Ness, Paris Johnson Jr., and we're still debating a number seven. Yeah, but I think it makes sense, you know... Because those are all premium positions, and that's what you want to attack. Again, it goes back to what we were talking about with Robert, like the process and doing things the way that they should be done without being desperate. And that would definitely – the point here, I honestly, I think, Josh, is just like there's a lot – there's still a good chance that you can get one of those blue players at nine. I'm guessing the Bears feel the same. I'm actually pretty sure of it. That's why they they executed such a trade. And you know what? If if someone moves up for that fourth quarterback, 
you may be able to move back a, a spot or two if someone else wants to trade up. Yeah, what did you think of my mock where I had... So people keep bringing up how the Texans might not draft quarterback at two. Wouldn't that put them in play to draft quarterback at 12, though? Yeah. Although right now, if I'm them, you're almost wondering, what can I get <laughs> yeah. for number two? <laughs> right. Nick Casario's got to be like, what the hell? And they already got a lot of draft right. capital. but <laughs> Here's the Texans' reaction. Let, let me just give you, uh, uh, let me uh, act it out a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. like the news breaks, you're, re- you're reading down the, the list of picks. And DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. How many times do you think they cursed Lovey Smith? <laughs> Seriously. At least once, right? Well, did you hear my idea? Um, on the... Uh- I, I put it out on the CHGO show earlier, but I, I think the Bears should invite Lovey Smith to Soldier Field week one and make him the honorary captain for the game. Lovey Smith Day. Just have a big, big Lovey Smith Day. You know, I think, look, there's a new team president. I think Lovey's probably cool with the McCaskies still. Everyone else is gone. He's done more for the organization in the last three months than anybody else. Like, just make it happen. Oh, man. Who would have thought sitting in that press box watching that game unfold the way it did? Just just unbelievable. Unbelievable. You, you, look, we've all heard the interviews Poles has done since that night and how many times he's talked about how he wasn't ready to go there to celebrate that Texans victory. But I think at this point now he's pretty pretty damn happy with it. Yeah, now he can go there like we all were. <laughs> Last game of the year, watching the Texans win that game in miraculous fashion, seeing <laughs> Cal McNair just kind of irate on the sideline yeah. as Lovey Smith is going for the win. Lovey Smith statue on the way in early nights. I like that. Yeah, statue in early nights. There was another comment up. I've uh, It came off the green too mo- too fast so i didn't see who who it was but someone said that uh lovey should get to announce the pick <laughs> we're, now we're having fun with this but <laughs> <laughs> that's a great comment though sorry roger yeah, sorry roger it- we're gonna let lovey take this one <laughs> since they always bring in like alumni and whatnot like former players like the second round pick or whatever you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> my chicago bears select by the way, the Texans signed uh, Robert Woods, according to Rap Sheet. Oh, good for them. Which kind of is exactly what we've been talking about, right? Like the wide receivers available. You want Robert Woods? Or do you want no, 25-year-old DJ, DJ Moore. Moore? You want DJ Moore. And there was a while that where everybody thought he was off the table. The Panthers had said that a while ago, all the way back to the trade deadline. Remember that? Yes. We consider him a core piece. We're not moving DJ Moore. But same thing with Brian Burns. And you can say that, but that's why we kept bringing those names up because if you, okay, dude, fine. That's what you said, but you really want to go get the number one pick? You got to give <laughs> yeah, Ryan, up something. Ryan Poles wasn't listening. Good for him. That's how it should be. He played we, got, right. we, we got a couple other teams ahead of you that can that can give us just as much, but they don't have DJ Moore. So if you want to give us DJ Moore, you can have the number one pick. 
it's going to be interesting to see how well one the Texans play this because Ryan Poles hand, handled this brilliant, brilliantly. What's next for the Texans? You got the Colts at four. I'm fascinated to see what they do. Yeah, you would think they would be aggressive for one of these quarterbacks. I know we just played out the Lamar Jackson scenario with with Robert Mays, but we'll see if that could come to fruition. Then you got the Raiders. Is Jimmy Garoppolo really your best option? There's no certainty for those teams. Teams move up for their quarterbacks because there's certainty. You know you're getting your guy. Only the Panthers feel that way right now. Sure, there's probably a little bit of regret. Giving up DJ Moore, giving up their draft capital, but they won't regret it come the first day of the draft when they announce their pick because they have their quarterback, the one that they want. So you have to wonder what all these other teams feel in the top 10 right now after the Bears made this move on March 10th, Friday. March 10th. But that's why I love the idea of moving it early because now you're set up to know exactly what you have going into next week. And the benefit for the team you're trading with, now the Panthers control the draft. They can trade back. (laughs) They they theoretically could. (laughs) I'm kidding. I mean, I doubt that that happens, but, you know, if you're playing it the right way and you actually like two of the quarterbacks and the Texans are still desperate to get their guy. Maybe that's all you, you know, maybe there's something like that. I mean, I think that's far fetched. I think the Panthers probably make the the pick at this point, but um, I do think it's on the table that the bears trade back again. Now that would probably be on draft night, but it's, it's definitely possible. Yeah, but not too far, not too far because I still think they want to have, they want to be able to select one of their blue players. You kind of need four quarterbacks to go in front of you, and you could help facilitate that if one's still on the board at nine and say the Titans want to move up from 11 to nine, and you have two of your players sitting there. You could feel good about that move. But that's it's a long ways away right now. There's still pro days being played out. Isn't Northwestern's pro day next week? It's on Tuesday. Well, the pro day just started. Yeah. Um. For whatever it's worth, I thought this nugget earlier from Zach Berman uh, was interesting. Something you just file in the back of your your mind, but uh, the Bears now pick one spot ahead of the Eagles in both the first and second round. Uh, And, of course, you have that Ian Cunningham connection to Philadelphia, and it always does kind of matter who's the team picking right ahead of you for, you know, just the purposes of trying to guess who's taking who. Yeah, and the so Eagles have been one of the the more cunning teams, right? In the draft, I mean, they, they maneuver cunning pretty well. For, cunning for Cunningham? Is that why you did that? <laughs> is, that why, is that why? I don't know. You don't I did it. It, it that, that was not meant to be, but yeah, consider me clever tonight. Yeah. Well, it's a good day for the Bears. Um in in all honesty, as much as it complicated our Friday night, it makes our jobs a lot easier. I think over the next month or so, with all the speculation of the trade, uh, it's nice to kind of get it out of the way. Like something you always knew was going to happen, you just didn't know how it was going to happen and who it was going to happen with. Yeah, and it worked out on a Friday night. Everybody for everybody except Kevin. <laughs> I think the cats just lost too, right? Did they lose? I didn't even see, according to the comments. So if you're listening to us, there's a whole comment section that we can see, and we've read a couple of them. Um, yeah, I don't know how Kevin Fishbane's feeling at this this very moment. I think every single game, the the 
worst seed has won except for the Purdue game. That's crazy. It's been a weird Big Ten tournament. Well, now I feel bad for Kevin. It's been a rough night for him. <laughs> He'll be fine. Will he though? I don't know. Like, I gotta reply. Look, I gotta. I gotta reply. <laughs> look at it like this. Whenever Wisconsin would lose on the Friday of the Big Ten tournament, I would say, "Well, more time to get ready for the NCAA tournament. It there matters more." There's, there's your spin zone. Get ready for next week. Um. All right. Any final thoughts before we get out I, of here? Yeah. Love the move. Impressed by by the way Ryan Poles played this. Um. I think everybody should be. We'll see how it comes to fruition next week of free agency. I, I think the I don't think DJ Moore is going to prevent the Bears from spending a bit more in certain positions. He just did it again. What? DJ Moore is not going to prevent them from spending more. He's just unintentional with the punt. Uh, I like just, I just, I'm just brilliant. Well, that's true. <laughs> you can read those. Now, let me ask you a real question. Has Kevin finished his work for the piece you guys are working on together? No, he's going to have to reply one more time. Okay, so <laughs> I I can't to wait. wait to read it cuz I just if the if the last reply takes a sudden turn into like negativity, <laughs> everybody watching this or listening to this now knows why. It's because the end of the piece was done after Northwestern lost to Penn State. And Kevin is crabby. Yeah. So if like the first thousand words he's like oh what a great trade what a great trade and then the last reply is like I don't know about this though it's just blame the cats go cats <laughs> go cats we're out of here follow us on twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns um, if this wasn't enough for you make sure you go check out our CHGO emergency pod from tonight a lot more breakdown there Robert Mays's breakdown on the athletic football show so much content for you to go find and check out also on the athletic theathletic.com slash hogan johns all the written work i just saw john greenberg's column fly through my timeline on twitter so i know that's up for you to digest and of course all of our content as well at all chgo.com this was fun thanks for robert mays for jumping on with us um we are going to hopefully enjoy the rest of our weekend which was my goal going into monday and that got derailed a little bit tonight but for good reason and then we'll be back for you tuesday with a full breakdown of whatever happens on monday we'll break it down for you tuesday morning and have all that ready for you um thanks for everyone for jumping on with us tonight i know it's a friday night big news appreciate everybody being here in the comments watching us live on youtube uh, and for those of you listening the old-fashioned way through the podcast, just know you can go to the YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. If you're new here, hit subscribe right now. Hit that like button. We appreciate you being here. And I would advise you to probably hit the notification button too because I have a feeling this is not the last time we go live with an emergency podcast uh, in the next week or so. So probably a good idea for you to hit that notification button and then you will know when we go live. All right. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, buckle up for Monday, I think. We'll talk to you then. See ya. We'll do it live! F*** it! Do it live!